Welcome, salty sailors, to the wonderful world of the Salty Pastor, a podcast designed to help you navigate the treacherous waters of life on this planet. We are committed to the motto, the more truth you know, the better decisions you make. So we're here to help you discover your path to knowing the real Jesus and discovering the real life he has for you. Let's welcome our very own Salty Pastor, Dr. Douglas Peak. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, salty sailors. So please remember, we're going to call you this until you write tell in and say, otherwise. tell us otherwise. <laughs> but on a serious note, you know, one of the goals that I have for all of you listening to this podcast is help you grow in your faith. I want people to really be strengthened in their faith. And, you know, faith is rational and it engages your mind completely. It is a part of your will. You know, mm-hmm. it's a part of your heart, your emotional center. It encompasses everything that makes you a sentient human being. And so my hope is that our conversation is substantial. You know, it's not a fluffy thing, but I don't want it to be so abstract and unrealistic and irrelevant to everyday life. And so I need people to help me and remind me that what I'm doing is I'm trying to show you why what's it you're experiencing every day in your life is happening. What's happening in your society, what's happening in your personal life, what's happening in your own heart and in your own soul. And then, because I think that sense of knowing where we're at and what's going on allows us to be strong people, confident people, courageous people. We can be that, you know, uh, lighthouse in the midst of the storm. If we don't know where we're at and we don't know what's going on, it's really hard to do that. Absolutely. So, well, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to be talking about scientific materialism. And it's a very important thing to understand that there is science and then there's scientific materialism. All right. And scientific materialists steal the word science to try to make their sound very rational and sciencey. Right. Right. So uh, but they're worlds apart. One is a discipline. It is a process of discovery. The other is an ideology. So don't let the terms fool you. Now that now that we kind of understand the difference between science as a discipline of thought mm-hmm. and scientific materialism as an ideology, how is scientific materialism materialism <laughs> used in the conflict theory situation? Yeah, it's definitely a mouthful, isn't it? That's yeah. why people don't say it a lot. Well, the ideology and not the science is used today by you know, all atheists are scientific materialists, pretty much, um, except for those atheists. Uh, everybody will laugh at this. Uh, there's some atheists who say, I'm an atheist, but I believe in God. And that's that's postmodernism at its finest right there. Uh, <laughs> I want both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this, the ideology is used by uh, scientific materialists, by atheists, to control the debate. Uh, they want to deplatform scientists. They they practice cancel culture like anyone you know is better than most. They really do uh, with anybody who disagrees with their ideology. And they are so zealous in this. Uh, it seems almost to me uh, has a familiarity with the Salem witch trials or the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, there is so much debate between evolutionary theory and creation theory all right there's a lot of debate between that and i'm not i'm not going to go into that 
because you can easily dig into that and discover that for yourself. There's experts, you know, that, that really dig into the science of it. What I want to discuss today is how evolution is used by atheists who call themselves scientific materialists or in scientific materialism to support their thesis that there is no God. And this is what they say all the time. And that is simply this. If evolution is true, then there is no God. Uh, Stephen Hawking uh, wrote a book with Miladov, and uh, they talk about that in their book. And they, it, it basically is upside down reasoning. You know, mm-hmm. there's really no logic to it because, uh, as uh, Alvin Plattinga says, the great philosopher from Notre Dame, he says, these things are just so infantile in their construction. You know, it's not even a cogent argument. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this notion that uh, is scientific materialists require evolution to be true or their entire case falls apart. So they require that. Now, my perspective in many people on the theistic side, Christianity uh, uh, in particular, believe that, well, whether evolution is true or not is irrelevant to whether God exists or not. See, it, uh, now, I, I tend to think that there's a lot of problems with the theory of evolution. I think it should be debated out scientifically, and the case scientifically against it is pretty massive, but scientific materialists and atheists uh, name call all those people who question it. They run them out of their jobs. They get them fired. And so there's a lot of people who are uh, scientists who refuse and won't in any public forum talk about how they believe evolution is really faulty because they're running around with this anti-science fervor trying to get anybody who doesn't believe in their ideology fired. And so uh, that's really what I want to talk about is that Darwinian evolution must be expanded and is required for the scientific materialist. If you punch one little tiny hole in their entire macroevolutionary theory or ideology, then all of scientific materialism collapses. This is a very important point to understand. Darwin talked about the differences between species, and then he proposed microevolution, meaning these species, you know, evolved into different species. Now, what scientific materialists do is they took Darwinian evolution and they expanded it to say, oh no, it's not just differences in species. This is where all life came from in the universe, Mm. which is a massive expansion. It's a massive leap. So if you just show one little hole in their theory, then all of scientific materialism falls apart. So I guess what do you mean by they're they're kind of pursuing this with like a religious zealotry? I, I thought scientific materialists wanted to support and protect the purity of scientific inquiry. Or at least that's what they propose, right? Right, that's what they propose, but it is a ruse. It's completely false in in all reality. Uh, you know, back in eighth century Europe, here's a point of history: Charlemagne, otherwise known as Charles the Great, he basically conquered all of Europe. 
and they called him the Holy Roman Emperor, right? Right. Now, he basically had this massive empire, which encompassed most of what used to be Western Rome, which collapsed in the 5th century. He did this in the 8th century, so it took 300 years to solidify it all again. Well, you know what he did when he went in to solidify? He'd go into a country or to a village or a city or whatever, anything. What he did is he converted all those people to Christianity on pain of death. So they had to. (laughs) Yeah, they had to, and he forcibly baptized them. This, of course, is an absolute affront to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know. Principle of non-coercion. The principle of non-coercion, you know. I've been been, listening. (laughs) Which has been from the very beginning of Orthodox Christianity, and that is, is that the gospel is that we are incomplete people. We long to know God. Our souls thirst for God. But we are tainted, and Christ died on the cross to wash that taint away called our sin so that we could be at peace with God. And so it's, you have to willingly surrender to it, right? You have to give yourself through an act of love to God because God loves you. You can't force that on people. Right. You, you can't do that. And that's what he did. So that was horrible. But today, the intolerance is all on the other side. Scientific materialists are forcibly removing anyone who challenges their position from institutions of higher learning. If you want to know why universities in the last 30 years have become so infected with progressive and left-wing ideologies designed to indoctrinate your children in these really crazy notions that are completely the opposite of what America stands for, well, the reason why they've gotten so far is because this has been going on prior to them or in tandem with them. Uh, when, when, they, when the postmodern neo-Marxist social theory is being taught in a sub-department, it doesn't really have much sway over the whole university. But when the science department starts practicing intolerance, abolishing academic freedom with a religious fervor, it gives the social theory study departments incredible power because they're working in tandem. You know, they're partnering in this. So they're eradicating things over here and they're eradicating things over there. So it's not a good situation. Well, what's your evidence uh, that this is the case? Well, I mean, you can just see it when you look for it. Sam Harris, when uh, Dr. Francis Collins was appointed to the NIH, National, National Institutes of Health, he said he is unqualified for this position. And he's unqualified for this position because he believes there is a God. Uh, Dr. Richard von uh, Sternberg, he has a Ph.D. in biology and a Ph.D. in system science. He has two. And he was editor of a prestigious scientific journal uh, associated with the Smithsonian Institute of Natural Science. So he was an editor of a journal that published uh, uh, articles and research studies and so forth like that. So he allowed an article written by Dr. Stephen C. Meyer to be published And he's an advocate, not of creationism. He's just an advocate that when you look at the world, you see design. He was fired from his position for allowing that article to be published. Mm. Now, that's what I find fascinating. It wasn't, well, you're out of the mainstream. We don't want you publishing an article. It's just that he allowed an alternative scientific perspective to be published, and they fired him for it. Dr. Carolyn Crocker, Ph.D. in immunopharmacology. Try to say that three times fast. Yeah, she was a professor at George Mason University. She mentioned the potential of design in the creation of 
of the cell, you know, because the right. cell obviously was designed because it has all these machines in it. It was her position. She was immediately let go of her position. Dr. Michael Egnor, he is a pediatric neurosurgeon at the State University of New York, Stony Brook. And he was viciously attacked for saying that, look, when we look at the human body, it's almost impossible not to see the initial design in it. And if we see design first, it helps us study the human body better because everything has a purpose. This is in my own life. You know, my father was a pediatric endocrinologist and he was a researcher. He wasn't in private practice. He worked with the clinical research centers, which were the kind of the early Mayo Clinic type things. Right. And his whole thing is, is he used to say, you know, son, when I started out, everybody in the science community thought that the pituitary gland in the brain was like your appendix. It served no purpose. He said, but now we have found that it is the most significant gland in the entire brain because it controls all the other glands that release hormones. Right. It's the brain of the hormone system. And so... You know, that, that's a perfect example that when in his thing was is when you see design in there, it helps you understand that there are no irrelevant points or parts. Right, right. now, if there is no design, it's just random. Then you'd say, oh, let's just cut that out. And then you have a whole lot of oops. We shouldn't have done that. Right. So so in medicine, it's the best way to have uh, the gold standard for treating people. I mean, we could keep going on. Professor uh, Robert J. Marks, he was an engineering prof at Baylor University. He has tenure, and he talked about uh, intelligent design, and it was posted on a private website, and this is what all professors do. They set up their own websites, and then they market themselves to get grants, right? This is right. what I'm doing and stuff, and then when you... Uh, apply for a grant, the, re the research committee that gives the grant will go to your website and look at all of your stuff and see that it's all peer-reviewed. And the head of the department came in and said it, they, they actually took down his website and censored it because hmm. it has intelligent design on it. Um, Dr. Guillermo Gonzalez has a PhD in astronomy, and he was a professor at Iowa State. And he mentioned the notion that the universe has design to it. Guess what? He, he lost his tenure track because of that. So this is real, and there are real people and that this is happening to, and it's going on. So that's my evidence that these guys are doing this, like the Salem witch trials. They're going around accusing anybody of being a witch that they can and burning them at the career stake. Right. And so the primary advocates of this are uh, Dr. Daniel Dennett from Tufts University, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, uh, Christopher Hitchens before he passed away, uh, uh, Rosenberg. There's a number of others. They call themselves the brightests or the brights which is an organization but they're all atheists and they're all scientific materialists and all they're doing is trying to force their ideology on everybody else well i feel like we need to kind of expound and and dig deeper on the scientific materialism can you can you do that yeah well we we've talked about it a little bit before and i just want to bring everybody up to speed here just kind of make it in real world and scientific materialism is the ideology that the material world is all that exists so in this universe uh, you have the laws that govern the universe, physics, and that's all that exists. Nothing exists outside of that. Now, the difficulty with scientific materialism is this, is that there is zero explanation of what, where, you know, the universe started, you know, the uh, first cause, because all the laws of physics started at the Big Bang. Time started 
at the Big Bang. Stephen Hawking and Vladnov tried to, to answer this question, but it, it's, it, it's complete gobbledygook. It's just um, circular reasoning, you know? Right. And uh, everybody with half a brain in science knows that, but everybody's afraid to criticize Stephen Hawking because he has ALS. But that doesn't mean that his ideas are are good. Now, there's other work that he's done, like Brief History of Time and some other things, where he's tried to do some some work that is really highly respected. But in these areas, you know, he's out of his league. He's not even in his wheelhouse. Right. And this is the problem with atheists. This is the problem with so many scientists. And and I got a big dose of this growing up. Here's a person. You know, these are personal stories to me. And that is is that. A lot of scientists think because I'm super smart in this one area, that makes me super smart in everything. I'm so smart I can learn th- anything. Learn anything. I'm think outthink anybody. And so like Vladnov in his book with Stephen Hawking, he basically says, Well, all we need is science, philosophy is dead. And so then they try to use philosophy to make their arguments, and their philosophy is infantile. And philosophers look at that and go, this wouldn't even pass philosophy 101. You're, you're so irrational. I it, have undergrad students that yeah. are making better arguments oh than you gosh, are. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so nutty. And I think the reason why is because science is, focuses on the specific things, the mechanics of how things work. So in other words, you're a glorified mechanic is what you are. But that, I'm not trying to say that in an insulting way, but you, you, you do that. But that doesn't mean you know why cars are necessary, why, what makes a car look good or bad. It doesn't make you, you know, understand airflow so it can get better gas mileage. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make you do that. You know, a perfect illustration about how this paradigm locks you into um doing really dumb things this halo effect they call it when you think you're good at something then you're good at something we get this from celebrities all the time you know celebrities are like really good actors and they have this really great emotional drama and we give them a oscar for it you know and then they turn around and tell us who to vote for right as if in their reality they have any idea what the average american goes through each and every day you or, know or they decide they're going to be music stars or music yeah. stars decide they're going to be actors because <laughs> they're really good at doing music yeah. i mean it's, it's and you have the same thing in science right yeah or i mean even like i i, I kind of feel like anybody who hits kind of that like peak of their career like you get to that level you you kind of yeah. start looking down on everybody and like, well, I could do better than anybody else. Yeah, at anything. Doing this. And a personal story is my dad, you know, he's brilliant in his field, but he could not buy a used car worth his salt. Every car he ever bought was a piece of junk. It was a lemon <laughs> and he played way too much for it. You know, it's kind of funny that way. But uh, not to insult my dad, I'm just stating a fact. Now, scientific materialism basically focuses on the material universe. Scientific materialism innately uses evolution to prove their position, because if all that exists is just that, then, of course, that means I'm a good philosopher and I'm a good understanding of what truth is in the metaphysical reality. And I can tell you what a human being is and what they say, of course, a human being is nothing. Right. You know, and here's how it took root in the 20th century after World War II, science and its capabilities took center stage in the American psyche. It became a part of our ethos. Everybody loves science. It was a predominant value because why? Science is what ended World War II with the atom bomb. It was science that developed antibiotics and started uh, get, uh, having the birth rate come up. It was science that allowed our military to detect, to defend America 
in, in uh, become unstoppable. It was science that did so many things to improve the quality of life in America, from refrigerators to air conditioning to roads to carpet and liquid soap. It was science that has saved species from extinction. Uh, it was science that created new sources of energy, cleaned up our water supply, was a scientific marvel. Back in the 70s, the water supply was horribly polluted. Uh, it reduced air pollution in massive ways. And so science is really awesome. It allowed people to explore uh uh, it, it allowed women to explore new roles and in, in new positions that they previously were not able to do so all because the development of the pill and birth control, you know, that allowed women, you know, all kinds of new uh, opportunities. And that was a technological advance right. that really helped them. Uh, this new ethos was captured by the scientific materialists and were the new thing. And, and Time Magazine in 1966 picked up on this ethos of the American society and culture by publishing the, they were the largest news magazine at the time. And so they published in 1966, the cover, Is God Dead? Mm. And so this ethos was really powerful and it opened the door to scientific materialists to come in and say, hey, we are the new priests and prophets of this ethos. We are the, the arbiters and we are the people who hold the chalice and the purity of all of this stuff. So they seized the reins of science and proclaimed the new age of modern man. Now, most Americans just adopted the notion all right, let's go. We put a man on the moon. Let's go. Let's do more things. No more religious restraints. You can have sex with whoever you want. Drugs are good for you. There was an explosion in the 60s and 70s, all kinds of drugs and all of the, you know, social stuff. We need to throw all that stuff away. And then there were a few people. These people were intellectuals. They had bad teeth and crazy hair. And they would say things like, well, what happens to a society when you reject God? What happens when you become postmodern and you have no objective reality or no objective standard by which to hold us together? And it turns out that these uh, intellectuals with bad teeth and crazy hair Hare were saying that science and all of its wonder can never answer the question of why. Hmm. It can't answer the question of why it happened. And if there is no why, guess what? There's no purpose. In the last 20 years, this is what the brightest, the brights have come to postulate. Dillahunty, Harris, Dawkins, Rosenberg, Dennett, more and more and more postulate that there is no you that is you. You have no soul. You are not sentient. You are not making decisions because you're, you're, it's de predetermined what you will choose to do. It's just an illusion that your brain uh, affects to, to trick you. There is no free will. Therefore, there's no meaning in your life. There's no objective morals and duties. Anything is right or wrong based on your own preference and things like love and hope and compassion and mercy they don't exist they're just irrelevant because they have no meaning in a deterministic materialistic universe so it turns out the intellectuals with bad teeth and crazy hair were right <laughs> so i'm not working in a scientific field i'm working in an arts and technical field yeah um most people are not in school but working so how do we how do we respond to this 
<laughs> what's the what's the next step? I okay, guess. Okay, so so practically, if you're talking on, let's say you're a person and you go, okay, Pastor, I'm tracking with you, and I see that scientific materialists, atheists, naturalists are trying to use science. And right now what they're doing is they're going through all of our institutions of power. They're going through the government. They're going through the justice system. They're going through our, our universities and our public education system. And under the guise of separation in church of state, they are trying to eliminate any mention of theism or creationism or intelligent design or anything. And what they're doing is they're saying anything that disagrees with what we hold, we're going to just say is religion. So they have a religious perspective. So it's really funny because some people say to me when I'm talking and say, well, I like Christianity, you know, but it's so exclusive in its claims. And I laugh and I say, okay, so what do you really like? Well, I like science and all that kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I go, yeah, and they're a hundred times more exclusive. You know, they, they are so much more exclusive than Christians ever were in their claims, scientific materialists. And what's sad about it is they are going, they are vehemently, aggressively going after anybody, anything that challenges their position. Mm. So what, what's happening is that that influences you, even if you own a company and you're just trying to figure out how to manage your company in this world today in order to take care of your employees, make, make a profit and live well. It, it influences you if you're married and how it influences your, it influences how you raise your children and what your children talk about, because these guys are trying to recruit your children into their ideology. And what you have to realize is that the winds of this age are blowing against you, not behind you. And we're not really going to be able to change the scientific community. Like most of us are not going to be scientists. Right. We're not going right. to be there to fight back against these claims that they're making or the censorship or whatever these these brights are doing to make changes. So, you know, uh, uh, an average person walking down the street, you know, wants to talk about evolution or use science as an argument. What do I tell them? Well, I think the thing that you tell them is this is... Uh I'm not going to debate the efficacy of evolution. You can just ask a simple question and you can say, as a theist, evolution being right or wrong is not necessary for me to be a theorist, uh, a theist. Uh, there are a lot of Christians who believe that evolution was the mechanism God used to create the world. And there are a lot of Christians who believe that he didn't use evolution as the mechanism to create the world. So whether it's right or wrong is irrelevant to the rational position that God exists and that we were designed and that we were designed. So it doesn't matter. So the real question is, why is it that it is necessary for the scientific materialists to have evolution to be true? Because if it's not true, then their entire thing falls apart. So then all you have to do is say, what is there anything that evolution doesn't explain? So, that, so you don't have to try to debunk evolution. All you have to do is use their own tool against them called deconstructionism. I was going to say, you're turning <laughs> it back on them. Aren't yeah, you? you just have to point out one flaw, you know. And it's really interesting because when you read the scientists who 
talk about this stuff and it's really amazing they go they say things like you know the whole notion of evolution is as a as a scientific theory is ridiculous because it's so cloudy and murky nothing's defined they 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 don't have any clarity on any of these types of things and all they do is they run around and if you question it is beat you over the head and try to get you fired right you know so what these guys are doing is they are some of the original progenitors of cancel culture and if you can do it in the science world then it makes it really easy to do it anywhere else get people fired for what they think and i read off some people earlier in the late 90s and early 2000s who lost their jobs simply because they entertained the idea that evolution doesn't answer all of the questions well i find it interesting too that the the these scientific materialists these atheists these naturalists their strongest argument is also their weakest link in yes. their argument yeah well that's which, an excellent point which is you know evolution is absolutely true but if you take a chunk out of that theory or say, hey, maybe it's not, then everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's interesting that they, you know, I used to be, I was a state debate champion. So it's like, I think about these things where it's like, you got to bring legitimate arguments and all they're doing is basically berating you into, you either believe me or you don't. And you're dumb if you don't. Yeah. And it's like, it's not to say that there haven't been religious zealots on the other side that haven't done the same thing. Sure. But it's not a legitimate way to sway anybody on Mm -hmm. anything. They just happen to have a bigger platform these days because of what you talked about, which was we had a scientific revolution. We put a man on the moon. We we created a thing that stopped Mm -hmm. World War II. They were raised to this position that the church and Christians used to occupy of being kind yes. of the authorities, right? And so because of that revolution, they were raised to this position and they've basically taken that power and, you know, we gave them an inch and they've basically taken a mile with it, utilizing mm-hmm. science, which is inherently unbiased for their own uses and trying to yes. beat people over the head of it. And they're not even doing it well is the yeah. problem. <laughs> well, and that's insightful because what they're doing is they, instead of advancing science... What they're doing is they are advancing religion, you know, secularism. That's what they're doing. And, you know, I I mean, we see this all the time as as science is manipulated. Uh, It comes up in the uh, climate change debate, right? And so instead, I've read people, the scientists that are uh, experts in climate and they uh, have a really good case about global warming and its impact, you know. And then I've read uh, a lot of people, not nutty people, I mean, highly educated people who are experts in climate change who are saying, well, this is true and this is true, but that conclusion is not, doesn't logically follow the evidence, right? Mm. And so they're saying, okay, this is what the science does say. Let's not overstate the case. And those people then are attacked in the media as climate deniers. And when, when we allow that as a society, and this is why the media is so horrible at their job, is when we allow that to happen, what we do is we're not encouraging scientific inquiry. We are squelching it. If there's a problem with climate, then let's let the scientists Debate study it, it. Actually, yeah, study. and and find out what the science says. But the problem is, is that, and this is another sad thing, is that our government drives this. 
You see, our government spends so much money on research and science. And when they get in there and they try to drive the science in one direction uh, that fits their political perspective, and then you have another side, then they want to drive it back the other way. And so all the scientists, there's so much money now in science and people get fabulously wealthy when they write books and things like that. So all the incentive is is it, it to, is for personal gain and what bothers and me about that a, a yeah opinion yeah than- back and forth opinion and let's fight against each other and then people get upset and they'll donate and buy that person's book or they'll donate back buy that person's book and what my fear is and why i'm doing this entire series is that when science is allowed to be science it's great as soon as you try to manipulate it for personal agenda or ideology science loses and when science loses we all lose. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to hear more about this on Sunday. Um, you're preaching this Sunday, right? Correct. Um, so you're going to talk more about this, kind of round out the salty pastor experience. We just hope you guys are really enjoying this series. We do actually really, we joke about it, but we do want your feedback on what you guys want to be called. We want your feedback <laughs> yes. on what you think about this, this, this series. Like, are you enjoying this more um, scientific or this is this is requiring a little bit i was talking to somebody in the congregation they're like i really like this series but i have to pay so much closer attention to what pastor (laughs) doug is saying because he's throwing out names and terms that i'm not used to hearing in church (laughs) and it's like i think that's good we're kind of the thinking person's church is what we've always said and so sometimes it's good to kind of push our boundaries so leave a comment let us know what you're thinking how you're feeling about this series because that helps us make sure we're if we're going too a little too hard or a little too soft or if you want to hear more about it in something separate we can do that so we appreciate you guys joining us we hope to see you either in person or online here at foothills christian church on sunday yes and be sure to subscribe